Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, bottom of the ninth, Romano trying to close it out for the Blue Jays. They lead Baltimore. 3 nothing now two out in the bottom of the ninth. Tip-off in a few minutes at the Expo Center. Edmonton Stingers taking on the Saskatchewan Rattlers in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Both those teams are 2-3. and three. The Edmonton Elks back at practice as they will play in Vancouver on Saturday against the BC Lions. Elks are 0-1. Lions are 1-0. It's on 6.30. Chad with the countdown to kickoff at 3.30 and the game at 5. And I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports offensive lineman. He's the starting center for your Edmonton Elks. It's Mark Cordy. Mark, it's Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Reed. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join the show, as you've been very uh, generous in doing, going back to your days as, as a U of A Golden Bear. Uh, you know me now well enough to know where I'm going to start, uh, and I know you're moving on to the next game, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, one question about a key moment in the game on uh, Sunday, especially as an offensive lineman. Uh, what happened on the three chances from the one-yard line in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it's something that's certainly worth talking about. Um, you know, frankly, just a, a lack of execution on our part. Um, that's, that's one that, you know, supposed to, you know, it should be one try every time. You should be able to knock that in for one yard, um, you know, much less three. So certainly something that, uh, you know, we're working towards, you know, never having that ever happen again to us. Okay, fair enough. Th- thanks for, uh, thanks for answering that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, it was a pretty big talking point, so I know you know it's out there. But I, I know you guys are are moving on. Uh, look, we both know the drill. You as a you as a player, and me as a media guy who talks to players all the time. Uh, you play a game. You usually have in, in the CFL anywhere between four and nine days to prepare for the the next one. Give me you maybe give me some some positives though that you do take out of that game against uh, against the Riders, despite uh, not being able to get the win. Yeah, I think I think one thing that was that was encouraging for for us is that you know we we really didn't play as well as we wanted to, and and even so we were in a position where you know we felt like if if we had done what we were supposed to do, um, you know we we should have won that game. I mean we didn't. Saskatchewan outplayed us. Um, they beat us, but I think I think we showed to ourselves that you know there's something here in the locker room um, that's there's a winning team in there that that is going to come alive. Um, hopefully we see that, you know, this Saturday in Vancouver. Um, so that's encouraging. I thought the defense played well. I mean, allowing 17 points in the CFL, you know, you can't really ask for a whole lot more than that. Um, offense, we just need to need to score better. You mentioned the locker room, and a couple of your teammates mentioned uh, in camp, I mean, Morley and Dave are down there getting the tape, and then I, I, I listened to it, that maybe there's a bit of a culture change or maybe some of the players last year who – uh, you know, weren't thrilled with being on a rebuilding team, uh, aren't around anymore. It, 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 I don't know how much of that you find, but is, is there a sense that there is a, a, a bit of a culture change or an attitude change in the group this year? Yeah, I think I think there certainly is. I mean, this is this is now my fifth season in the CFL, and it's it's definitely the best locker room that I've been a part of culturally. Um, I think we've we've added some really good pieces that are that are making that turnaround happen, and and a few leaders that are growing as well that were in our organization last year um, are coming up, and and we're all sort of 
um, you know, started to realize this vision that, you know, we're starting to build towards the end of last year, and now it's sort of, um, you know, getting flushed out as we get into the season here. I'm wondering what it's like blocking for Kevin Brown, who has proven in a little over half a season with the Elks that he's very good at taking a hit or going into a crowd and still coming out of that and getting a lot of yards. Yeah, it's it's a good time to block to block for the guy. I mean, it's uh, I had I had an old coach years ago that you know you really just boil it down to like, hey, if you want to have a good running game, uh, get yourself a good running back, a guy like Kevin Brown, and that'll that'll solve a lot of problems for you. You know, we even had one the other night where, you know, as an offensive line, we kind of we didn't quite get the movement we wanted, and Kevin just kind of you know makes his way through there and gets us you know 10, 12, 13 yards. Um, so guys like that are, are guys that can. They can really cover up your mistakes for you. They can really and and when you get everything right, they're the kind of guys that can really maximize on those opportunities. So, um, you know, the the better the running back, the better the running game, and and Kevin's a good running back. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of potential with him. He's exciting for sure. I, I had Taylor Cornelius on the show a couple weeks ago, and I asked him about building chemistry with receivers obviously several new guys on the team and he answered about sometimes you got to know where to put the ball where a guy likes it I don't know if we asked that about offensive linemen enough because I think maybe sometimes there's the assumption it's like well you just run, run out there and try to push the guy across from you out of the way <laughs> it's of course a little bit more <laughs> complex and, and, and you of course you have new teammates with you on the O-line how does an O-line build chemistry like if I said to you describe an O-line with good chemistry what would that be yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot to that. Um, I think one of the things that we look at when I, you know when you feel like you're really gelling well with someone, um, you know when you when you in the run game when you're double teaming, um, and you know the the fit happens and you're perfectly side by side, um, you know pushing properly is is sort of a sign that things are going well. You get into the pass game, really the biggest thing there is. Um, you know, twisting the defensive linemen and you get linebackers blitzing. Um, when you're able to pass those things off, when you have to, you know, exchange defenders between two or three offensive linemen, um, when that stuff starts to happen really smoothly, that's when you know um, that you're really on the right track as a group chemistry-wise. How much are, as the center, how much are you calling out uh, when you line up over the ball, or is that all? Or is that all Taylor to say, okay, we thought it was going to be this, but now we got to do this. So you, like who 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 takes the lead there? Yeah, as a center, and sort of how that breakdown varies between each team. How that looks for us, and I, I think for the the bulk of teams in the CFL is, you know, the quarterback will give you the protection of, of generally, you know, for, you know, not to get too into the weeds on it, but if we're if we're pass protecting, what side, you know, Kevin Brown's going to. Uh, protect and help out with and what side the center is going to protect and help out with um, and then from there from there it's sort of on the center uh, on myself to sort of direct uh, direct a group of, of six of us the five of us and and the running back on exactly how we're going to pick up different blitzes whether it be different fronts on the defense different blitzes coming from the secondary um, whatever that may be that sort of that sort of uh, uh, up to me so to speak Right. Yeah, and that's the part of football I love. And I, when I have ex-players on, I always talk about that. And that's kind of where I was getting that, too, with that chemistry on the O-line, is that some of those more experienced teams, like Jed Roberts told me, and as you know, with Jed, he couldn't hear on the field, like a, a glance at a teammate. Oh, yeah, we know what we're doing, right? Or a quick point. I, I love those little stories about football. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's really where it comes down. You know, as much as you know, the groups with good chemistry is you know, as much as for me as a center, it's my decision to you know direct where the blocking may go. Um, you know, when you get that good chemistry going, it's really the rest of the guys are really just waiting for me to confirm what they're already thinking and put us all on the same page. So um, I think that's that's a good spot to get to, and I think we're we're really right there uh, about now with this group that sort of finished last year. Um, and is rolling into this year. Yeah. Mark Cordy joining us then at Inside Sports. Of course, the uh, offensive lineman center for your Edmonton Elks as they get set to take on the British Columbia Lions, who, um, you know, lost a couple of key guys to, to retirement, and, and obviously their quarterback went to the uh, went to the NFL. Uh, I, I'm sure maybe you don't want to tell me too much. Do you watch tape from last year, or do you just focus on their most recent game? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mix, you know, and it, it depends team to team. You know, BC, you know, for us as, a, as an offensive line, BC had the same defensive coordinator and a lot of the same players on defense that they had last year. So um, there's some good film towards the end of last year and in the playoffs when they were playing against uh, Winnipeg that's, that's good for us to watch. Uh, you know, the, the biggest focus is on, you know, the last game they played against Calgary. That's who they are this year. Um, so a bit of a mix of both, uh, but especially when, when the defensive coordinator carries over year to year, uh, there's some things that you can you can pick out from last year for sure. Yeah, which is interesting to me, right? So you, as a, as an offensive lineman, you could name all the defensive coordinators and their tendencies, eh? <laughs> yeah, typically you can, you know, and they they take their playbook with them when they move when they move teams, and um, so it's uh, the longer you spend in the league, you the more you you never actually meet these guys, but you get to know them on the field. Right. Okay. Well, uh, Mark, we we wish you all, all the best. I know you guys are are hungry to to get some in the win column. And, uh, and get back in the postseason after the last couple of seasons. I, I always appreciate you jumping on the show. I, I hope everything is good with uh, you and your family, and have a great one against the Lions. Absolutely. Thanks, Reed. Always a pleasure to join you. That is Mark Cordy checking in from your Edmonton Elks. Uh, had to, I you know, don't want to dwell on it, don't want to beat him up about it, but had to ask him about the failure to get in from the one. And uh, as he said, didn't, uh, didn't execute. Blake Dermott did a great job breaking that down for us after the game on on Sunday as well about you know driving and uh, actually Kel, let's fire that now it should be in the folder there uh, Blake on the goal line uh, minute 12 do we still have that I'll tell you what, I'll bet you they'll be running that uh, uh, short yardage offense uh, quarterback sneak about 100 times this week because a couple things happened. Quarterback was slow to get the ball. He, the, the whole offensive line had surged, and then he, then he went after him, which allowed time for guys to come over the top. Secondly, he was, if you're going to be quarterback sneaking, you've got to get your, your helmet between the hips of your offensive lineman, and he was above them. He was, he was standing up tall, and this was the first one. And then the second one was uh, you know, carbon copy, and, and he doesn't pick it like it looks like he just goes straight ahead with his with his choice and that could be because he was slow getting the ball into a position where he could move forward but then the last one just to, to run a wide sweep when when they're just slanting uh, uh, you know as soon as you go in motion they were slanting to the motion and then they were they were coming hard off the the the, uh, the wide side edge that the, that the motion was to they came off to just plug everything up and it was it was a poorly called play but but I tell you what, though, if you—it's embarrassing if you can't get one yard uh, with uh, with three cracks at it. It's it's uh, something that that whole group, uh, you know, that we thought did such a nice job of with the running the ball in the last in, in preseason. They that was a terrible, terrible series. 
Yeah, that was Blake after the game on on on, on Sunday, uh, summing up what went wrong on those three plays from the one. And now the the problem is, at least I think, the tension that is going to exist whenever they have a third and one or a second and one even, and, and they might be calling a quarterback sneak or they want to call a quarterback sneak, which should be again automatic, uh, especially if you have three tries to get it. That's not always the case in the game, but it was on Sunday. Now everybody's holding their breath, right? If you're an Elks fan watching on Saturday and they got third in a yard and they look like they're going to sneak it, it's not the feeling like, oh, yeah, of course they're going to get it. We get this every time. The recent history suggests, oh, this is far from automatic. Is this going to be a drive-killing play? Is this going to be a momentum-turning play? So that's obviously in that game it hurt, but it hurt a lot. But also, in my mind, now what happens in the future games? Can, can you get the confidence back on that play? Can you feel as an O-line, as an offense, you can get that yard? Can the fan base feel, okay, really we only need nine yards for a first down because we'll sneak it every single time? That I, I mean, when I'm watching Saturday, I'm not going to be thinking like, oh, yeah, they'll get it. I'm going to think, oh, no, what might go wrong on this play? So hopefully they can turn that around. Uh, clearly they're working on it like Mark said they just didn't uh, didn't execute so one thing they got to clean up against the BC Lions 780-496-0063 that is the hotline presented by CertainTeed the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems CertainTeed pro all the way we'll uh, wrap up the show with more of your feedback in a couple of minutes for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad okay so the blue jays do win 3-1 over the orioles 780-496-0063 we have richard on the line hi richard hey reed this is bs richard booger sugar richard booger sugar richard i, I called you in the summer or in the winter um now uh Wait, I, I, I'm sorry, I, mi- I, I missed the reference. We must have been joking about something. What were we joking about? Is he still there, Kellen? Yeah, yeah I'm here. It was about the baseball player who was uh, suspended and uh, for so many times for cocaine and all that. Oh, that- <laughs> okay. Yes, all right. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. what's, what's on your mind? Um, where were the other running backs when this was all going on. Everybody puts it on the offensive line and the quarterback. He need he needs help from the backs behind him. Like where were they? Were they did they just vacate the premises? What happened? For uh, some of the blocking on the sacks? No, on on that goal line. I, I was told like I, I played high school football quarterback. Oh, for an, an additional push. Yeah, well yeah. I, I I think uh yeah, I don't think anybody pushed well enough and and also I mean, Blake kind of broke it down too, but yeah, is there yeah. a fullback or a running back who usually comes in there and can help? Fair point. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch the replays again. I haven't watched since, uh, again, since uh, I guess Monday during the day. I watched some of the highlights again. Uh, and then on the, the third play, I, the point Blake was making, as soon yeah. as Dylan Mitchell comes across the formation, the riders know that they're going to that side, and then, yeah. th- then they didn't seal it off properly, and the cornerback right. just runs in there and drills uh, Loxley. I thought you were going to ask why Shannon Brooks didn't get any carries. No. I was just wondering 
because like I say, everybody's talking, oh, the quarterback. No, the the other running backs have a have a have faults in this too is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean I think They'll tell you they, they failed as an offense, I, I suppose. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes you just see the, the running back go in there and almost – and the NFL is doing it a lot now. They put two tight ends behind the quarterback, and yeah. they just all shove them. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the rules might be a bit different about how much you can assist a player between the two leagues, but when it's in a scrum like that, it's pretty hard to – <laughs> to, okay. to point out what's uh, what's happening. So, yeah, okay. you're right. I mean, they, they had to, and again, and, and Jones emphasized it after the game, oh, we didn't lose on that play. I get it, but that's that's the headline, that you didn't score th- three yeah. chances. You know what? And I'll tell you, if, if, if Richard, they, if they're first and goal from the 10 and they get down to the 5 and then second and goal from the 5, they get down to the 1 and they try a sneak and Saskatchewan stuffs it, it's still yeah. disappointing, but I'm like, okay. Sometimes you got to give the defense a play, a win on a play. You can't, you, you can't lose that play three times in a row, though. That's right. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Kellen, if, if we got time for a couple messages, or if you got any, hit me with those two. We do. Yes, for sure. Fred texts in tonight and says, "What everyone seems to gloss over with Vegas winning so early in their franchise history is that they had a huge advantage coming into the league because the teams were so only able to protect the same amount of players as previous expansion drafts. But Vegas came in by themselves instead of a group of teams, so they basically, uh, or they had basically doubled the opportunity to take better players. The same happened with Seattle. That's from." Fred. All right. Thank you, Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey at work says, Reed, I can see you at lunch with these guys. You must have looked like you were watching a tennis match. You never told us who won the debate. Uh, well, that's for me to know. For you to guess. For us to guess? <laughs> for us to find out? <laughs> Ralph and Sour Sam. Yes. And, that's uh, why I asked every. That's why I told everybody about the debate. They can decide. Uh, we'll go to Greaser with the final word tonight. He says, "I'm with Ralph. Vegas is good. Maybe milk the system a bit, but a good and lucky hockey team. Son of a blank." All right. <laughs> All right. Fill in the blank. Okay, we gotta go. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, who you just heard from, is your studio producer. We are back tomorrow. Kelly Rudy gonna make his final appearance of the season, and don't forget Stoff as Oilers now from noon to 2. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.